My sermon title today is called Praying with Promises. If you will, bow your heads with me. Ask another word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your presence that is with us. Thank you uh, for your wondrous love for us. Uh, thank you that soon and very soon uh, we will uh, be making heaven ring with the sound of our voices singing praises and glory to our wonderful Jesus who has saved us from our sins. Uh, be with us today as we uh, open up your word once again, and I pray that your Holy Spirit will impress our hearts with uh, the words that you have for us. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Praying with promises. Uh, my, my sermon today goes, uh, it's kind of, it goes along very well with, uh, what our brother Glenn was preaching to us. His two-part series really enjoyed that. I'm using a, a couple of scriptures that you used. Brother Grant, Glenn preached to us about the, the, uh, the power of words, uh, the power of, of our words, the power of God's word. Um, Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, for uh, not long, not long before uh, our brother Glenn had preached this message to us, I had really experienced myself just how powerful words, our words and actions are. It's easy to feel like, yeah, my words don't really mean much of anything. My actions don't mean much to anybody else, really. Uh, it was a few months ago. Uh, I remember I was standing in the in the break room at work, and I do pretty well about staying out of the break room because there's a lot of uh, just filthy language and and crude jesting and just a lot of stuff like that that goes on in there. So I try to stay out of the break room and stay on the floor and, and stay busy do something, doing something, you know, but, but, uh, this day I was, I was standing there getting some water and they were, they were all conversating about, uh, one of the guys out on the line that wasn't doing such a good job. And, um, he's been, he had been doing this for a while. He's, he'd become kind of a, a, a problem. The, the main boss is sitting there and we're talking about it and, and, uh, talking about, you know, maybe some disciplinary action, maybe writing him up. Uh, and, and I could, I could tell from the conversation that he doesn't, he, he doesn't want to write him up. Uh, he just, he wants, cause, I mean, we, we had all warned him verbally and, uh, the, the very next step is, is only writing up. And like I said before, I'm pretty good at staying out of those conversations, staying out of the break room for the most part. And But that time, I decided to add a little something into that. I said, oh, that's all I said. And you know what? He looked at me, got up, went and got a write-up paper, and started filling it out. I said, man, just because I said, oh. My influence is going to cause this guy to get rolled up because I opened my mouth. Because I said one little word, somebody's going to get rolled up. And he, sometimes, you know, you have to 
do disciplinary action. I know, but you know, I like I like what Micah says. Micah six eight. He who he has showed you, O oh man, what is good and what what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly, to love mercy. Somebody's going to get rolled up. I don't want it to be because of something I said. So I learned right then. You know, there's there's power in your words. It has a lot of influence. Your words and your actions. If it's not for the upbuilding of others, then we really shouldn't say anything at all, should we? Now, there's this much power in in our words. We're just we're just human beings. What does the Bible say about the power of of God's words? New International Version says it. Uh, for he spoke and it came to be. It's in Psalms 33, I think. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Another version says it this way. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. He spoke and it began. And it, it appeared at his command. And of course, our scripture reading today is, Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. There is power in the word of God. There's power in the promises of God. Um, And God wants each and every one of us to build our faith. And it is easy to build our faith. He has made it easy for us to build our faith through his promises. Now, here's a little example. Uh, just, just a couple of days ago, uh, we were, we're all standing around the piano. Johanna's having a piano lesson. She's kind of, she's getting ready for a recital, right? She's playing Mary Did You Know? And she's kind of, eh, this beginning stage, she's just starting to practice it. So she's struggling with it a little bit. So, uh, dad, he, uh, he tells Johanna, he says, Johanna, if you do good with this song, I've got a surprise for you. Johanna can't handle surprises. <laughs> She's got to know what it is. So dad, dad really thought this one through. So she's, uh, she's getting pretty excited. So now let's say that Johanna she gets it down pat. She's got it memorized. She don't even have to look at the book anymore and she can play this song. And she runs over to Nan and Papa's house and says, Papa, where's my surprise? Now, why would she be so sure that she's getting a surprise? So Papa said it. She's fulfilled the requirements, right? She's done her part of it. She's going to see... Papa, hey Papa, I'm ready for my surprise. Now, could it be that maybe Papa uh, uh, didn't know she was going to learn it that fast, and and uh, maybe he didn't have it ready just yet? Could, uh, no, is that that that's possible? That's possible. But with God, is that possible? Oh, I don't think so. If God promises us something, when we fulfill the requirements, it's ours to be had. Now, what if Papa, what if Papa said, Oh, Johanna, 
Um, you know what? I read a book on education, and it said that you should not bribe children with surprises. So I'm going to have to change my mind. Would God do that? Is He ever going to change His mind on the promises that He has given us in His Word? Never changes. Absolutely not. God will fulfill every promise that He has given us. Now, I want to read to us a few key verses on praying with promises. Um, one of them's in First John chapter 5, verse 14. And here it says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Okay, so this is a, this is a general promise, right? That uh, if we ask anything that's according to God's will, that He's going to give it to us. Um, and His will is expressed to us through His commandments, right? And through promises. Now, if we continue reading uh, in verse 15, it says, And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. So, you know, a lot of times... Uh, when we pray for something, we kind of expect something like something right then. We expect some kind of emotional change. But prayer is, is it, has it been your experience as it has been with mine? Prayer is answered by faith, not by feelings. Right? Now, I was asking dad about, about this this morning. Dad smoked for 15 years, and when uh, he decided he wanted to give them up, he he uh, he tried on his own for quite a while. Figured out that he couldn't do it. When he really, really started praying for it, uh, one night he was really, really praying, praying hard. Asked the Lord to take it away from him. Made the Lord a promise. If he would take the desire away from him, pitch the cigarettes in the fire. Now, at the time that he prayed that prayer, the desire for nicotine didn't automatically go away. Uh, there's a lot of times when we're just we're just praying and and we just expect for some lightning bolt feeling experience to occur within us that something's changed. I can feel it. But it didn't happen like that, did it, Dad? You still had the desire. Still had the desire for nicotine. It wasn't until the next morning the desire was gone. And this is, this is, I've read of a lot of experiences about this. People who are addicted to uh, nicotine or alcohol, it's, it's usually hours later before they feel any difference. Um, Another promise, it's in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And there's another verse uh, that's very similar to this. It's in Matthew seven eleven. 
Matthew 7, 11 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? Give good things. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them and you will have them. I remember uh, when I was a kid reading these reading these two verses and I was thinking, this is how I remember taking them. It's like, man, it is my birthday. I'm going to get whatever I ask for as long as I believe that I'm going to get them. <laughs> and uh, this is this is kind of like um, self manipulation. Uh, if you uh, if you're believing, telling yourself that you believe something long enough until you finally believe it, but it's not self manipulation when we're praying according to a promise. If we're praying according to a promise, and we have. Uh, divine assurance that what we pray for, we're going to receive. Um, this is going to be this is going to be a two-part sermon, I'm sure. Um, but um, as I have grown and become an adult, sometimes I don't feel like an adult. But I'm 31, so I've got to be an adult. Um, as I have, as I've grown in my experience with the Lord, I have, I have realized, you know, and, uh, the answer when I was a child. What did Paul say? Spoke as a child, thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Uh, as I've grown in my relationship with Christ, I have learned that it's really the true meaning of these two promises in Mark and Matthew, uh, saying that your Father who is in heaven will give good things to those who ask Him, uh, whatever you pray for, uh, believe that you receive them and you will have them, is really the answer is really in Luke's gospel, on Luke's same account of what uh, Matthew has written here in Matthew seven eleven, Luke eleven thirteen, it says, "But if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the what Holy Spirit to those who ask Him?" As um, I have grown in my relationship with Christ as I've studied the Bible and I've come to learn that the most important thing that I could ever ask for, the only most important thing that I could ever pray for, my greatest desire today is for the Holy Spirit to live in me, to invite the Holy Spirit into my life every day. Because it not only affects me, how uh, my individual self, uh, how I treat other people, but it, it affects those around me. Um, it affects whether I can see someone that maybe I've had a grudge against and 
and treat them in a way that that a, a Christian should treat them. Uh, it affects how I relate to people, and in in a sense of we have a work to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Jesus is coming soon, and we can have a part to play in that. Uh, us spreading the gospel. What did Jesus say? Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. For us to remain in Christ, for Christ to live in us, is for the Holy Spirit uh, to be living in us every day. This is the, the most important prayer we can pray that's given to us with a promise. Um, I want to read something to you from Ellen White's writing. She writes in the book Education, chapter 30, on the chapter on faith and prayer, says, We need to look for no outward evidence of the blessing. The gift is in the promise, and we may go about our work assured that God has promised that what God has promised He is able to perform and that the gift which we already possess will be realized when we need it most. So in the morning, and when I get up, and I pray for the Holy Spirit and feel no different, do I need to be discouraged? No. Because the Holy Spirit will be given to me, will be realized in myself, because it's already been given to me, right? It will be realized when I need it. When maybe I accidentally say something that that was a little um, not too nice and ticks my wife off. And, and I realize... Um, I, I, I need to, I need, I need to explain myself. I need to show my wife that I really love her and, and it didn't, uh, she, I didn't mean it the way that she took it. Or, I don't know, there's just so many examples that you could think of. There's just so many times when we need the Holy Spirit. Before we, I think we need the Holy Spirit before we open our mouth, period. <laughs> I guess that's what, uh, we should take away from it today, though, that we need, I want to repeat this one more time, we need look for no outward evidence of the blessing. When we claim the promises of God, we don't feel something, we don't see anything any different, we don't need to look for the any outward evidence. The gift is in the promise. If God has promised it, He will fulfill it. We may go about our work assured that God, what God has promised, He is able to perform, and that the gift which we already possess will be realized when we need it most. You know, there's there's really there's two groups of promises. You know, when we when we think about Bible promises, um, let's go to Isaiah for example, Isaiah forty three, Isaiah forty three verse two. It says. 
When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Now, is that a promise or is that a promise? Was this promise fulfilled for Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael? Yes. They were thrown in the fire furnace and they were not burned at all. But what about Jerome and Hus? They were burned at the stake in Constance. So you could say, oh, what's, what's going on with this promise? It really did not get fulfilled, did it? But in a way it did get fulfilled. There's one papal writer that, that wrote, I wish I had his quote. He said, in their last, in their final hours, uh, they prepared for the, for the stake as if they were pre- preparing for a wedding feast. When the flames began to rise around them, they began to sing hymns. Scarce could the flame, the paper writer says, scarce could the flame quench their singing. When someone's getting burned to death, they can't do anything but scream. So this promise was fulfilled. It may seem like we're getting burned at the stake. It may seem like uh, life is just too much. That that God is is not answering His promises. But He is. He is. If we have claimed His promises, His Word will not return to Him void. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we know that You are you're there. We know that Your promises are, are here before us in Your Word. We know that You will fulfill each and every promise that You have made plain before us. Lord, there may not be uh, promises of of, uh, of temporary blessings or or, or uh, financial assistance or or even life itself, Lord. Uh, these these all these things are according to Your will, Father. And I just pray that You would help us to trust You each and every day, um, and claim the promises that are sure, and claim the promises that that uh, are according to Your will. Uh, for each and every one of our individual lives. Uh, continue with us each and every day. Fill us with your Spirit. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.